We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Hey, it's John, and I wanted to share a quick message before we get to our episode. April is Autism Awareness Month, and Mabry and I will be running all month long to raise money for the Abled Movement. Anyone who's interested can pledge a dollar amount per mile, such as 25 cents per mile, a dollar per mile, whatever you'd like, or you can make a flat pledge for the month. We have a goal to run 125 miles during the month of April, which would be the most we've ever done. And the Abled Movement is a 501c3 organization. If you'd like to make a pledge, you can send me a note through Instagram at John Gayhart or email us at John and Amy at totally worth it You can always follow us at hashtag run Mabry run. And during the month of April, you can track our progress using hashtag Mabry runs for awareness. Thanks for helping us turn awareness into action. What up? What up? <laughs> this is the totally worth it podcast. Episode number 10. 10. My favorite number. <laughs> it is your favorite number. I'm I'm John Gayhart, sitting here with my homegirl, Amy G. <laughs> my homegirl. Hello. All right. Um, th- we've been talking. This is, today is Groundhog Day. Again. It, it looks and feels the same as yesterday. I can't even, I have no, I lose track of what day it is. I know. I lose track of how many days we've been in this situation. We're trying to make the best of it. Yeah. Every, almost every night after dinner, which we're like actually sitting at a table. You set the table. I think I've cooked more in the last, how many? A couple, three weeks. I've cooked a lot. And I've seen that a lot. I've heard that from other families that Uh they've cooked more in the last two to three weeks than normal. And we're, we're now in a routine where after dinner, we play a family game of Uno. Mm. And this week, it, it almost got ugly. It almost separated our family. Yeah. Slater threatened to move out. At one point, um, he was mad. He was shaking. He was shaking. He was so mad. I've, I I haven't seen him get that mad. Yeah, it was the most miserable game I've ever played. I finally just called it and said, <laughs> separate, go to corners, all over him having to draw two cards. There was a almost 10 minute period where I would not look up from my cards. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared of what was happening they with took, the family. They took the the fun out of Uno. That is for sure. They oh. did. So I know all the families out there, you're going through something similar in that mm-hmm. it's different. And you've got your own routine and we're all making the best out of it. So we're, we're thinking about you. We'll be out of it soon. We're going to be stronger for it. And hopefully our family will still like each other. Well, we will like each other, but we will probably never play Uno again never after Uno this. Again. Those cards are going away after this uh, after this thing happens. So this is a cool episode. We get to talk to Megan at the end. Yes. That was such a fun conversation. She's got a sister with special needs. Uh-huh. And we love hearing from the siblings. So you're going to hear all about Megan later. Yeah. Um, and Amy and I have some things to discuss. Yeah, we do. Before that, we're going to give a shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Speak Life with Taylor Nichols is a podcast committed to keeping it real and raw. Real people, real stories, and real life. Go check out my girl, Taylor Nichols, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcast. Speak Life with Taylor Nichols. All right, Amy G, tell them what segment is next. See, what happened was... (laughs) Well, tell us what happened. I have a question. For me? Yeah. Okay. So... Obviously, coronavirus is at the top of everybody's mind. Here's a question. Is it okay to make jokes? Like, there's some really funny memes going around. But at the same time, people are dying. I know. From this. But it's hard. I think I think you can't make jokes publicly. But oh, I whoops. think... 
I do think I don't think that that I don't think that we should be doing that. Um, but so I do boring. think that you have your circle of people that you can make jokes to. Yeah, that's okay. It's not. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a tough one because we're all going stir crazy. We just want a reason to laugh and smile and interact. Yeah, and so it's hard to say. No, but it's serious. There's a lot of people who are, you know, in bad shape. There's a lot of families who are missing somebody. Yeah. That's tough. And I kind of look at it as like um, almost like mornings with Mabry and things like that that we do to laugh to keep from crying sometimes. So I kind of see it as that a little bit. Yeah, it's just different because there's like you see. There's so much devastation. There's so much devastation. And you see people on the news now who just lost a dad or who just lost a mom. Or, I mean, we see celebrities more because they've got the platform. Mm -hmm. But the NBA player, I think it was Rudy Gobert, who's both of his parents have um, low immune system. Yeah. Scratch that. That's not the right word. They have... uh, Compromised. Yeah. Both of his parents have a compromised immune system Mm -hmm. and they both have the virus and he's really worried and he gave a message and he was almost in tears. So that makes it hard to then send out a meme. Yeah. But, you know, that's a slippery Mm. slope right there. Well, and this is just kind of how the world works. Like, this didn't get real until Tom Hanks got the coronavirus. Then it got real. Yeah. So... Um, I just think the memes, even though maybe inappropriate, still, we have to, we have to, we have to laugh a little bit during this time. I mean, yeah, there, my favorite one of all is the one where the house got wrapped with toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) and they they said, I got, you know, I got, my house got TP'd last night and now appraises for $1.5 million. (laughs) That one was funny. Well, and also the guy, um, they were asking him, would you rather a get quarantined with your wife and kids or B? And he goes, B. (laughs) (laughs) No question. Just B. (laughs) He didn't even know what it was. That was funny. So, yeah, I guess I just wanted to know, like, are we wrong to laugh? I think it's I think it's questionable, but I think you pick your people to laugh with. All right. But I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. OK, I'm going to go um, edit my social media <laughs> yeah, feed a little bit. Edit your, so keep that no between, one. No one. Look, give me a couple days. Keep it, keep it between you and your circle. <laughs> um, I think so. What we're all doing right now is Netflix binging yes. or binging on streaming, whatever, Hulu, whatever, uh-huh. you just call it Netflix. And all the hype and all the craze right now is on Tiger King. Yes. And did I, you know he graduated from Pilot Point High School? Come on. Yes, he did. Are you serious? Yes. I just heard I, that on a radio station when I was driving Mabry this morning. So the good news, I think, is that it's going to run its course soon. Like, I don't think, I don't think we're going to be talking about Tiger King in a year. No. I think we're going to be talking about it for maybe another month or two, and it probably hit at just the right time. Yes. I've tried to watch it. One of my reasons, I, so I think about this when it comes to some of these popular TV shows, because we I joke about me being the pop culture person in the family, which mm-hmm. I'm just going to claim it. Yeah. We won't, I, we won't pull back the curtain on that one, folks. <laughs> I was late to the party on Duck Dynasty. Like yeah. Whenever it was really popular, I'm like, I don't duck hunt. I, don't, I didn't know what it was. Uh-huh. So I'm just saying, I don't duck hunt. I'm not an outdoorsy person. I'm not going to like it. Well, then I watched it and I instantly was in. But I, I got in like way late and it was almost like stopped airing. With that, I've tried. I want in on the Tiger King because everybody's talking about it and it's all that you see. The problem is, is I've watched the first two episodes and I can't stand it. Like, yeah. I don't like it at all. I'm going to try to watch an episode, episode number three. And you but, keep saying, hey, you want to try it? Yeah, and I'm and like, you're out. I'm and like, no, I don't really, I don't really care. Because you watched the first one with me. And then I watched the second one without you. Uh-huh. The problem is, is I'm looking for a character to like latch onto that I like. I dislike every character. Uh-huh. And so I'm not rooting for any of them. And we kind of already know the story. I don't know the story. Okay. <laughs> but don't tell me now. How do you but, not know the story? I don't, because I've only watched the episodes one I know, and two. but I haven't watched them and I know the story. I don't know. Hmm. But like on Duck Dynasty, I, episode one, I instantly fell in love with Uncle Cy. Right. And then by episode two, I liked Jace. Uh-huh. And by episode number three, I like, I can't get, I can't like any of these people. Yeah. And so I'm 
hope I might watch more, but I'm probably out. We have been, I'm, I don't know if I'm considered late to the party, but I'm we're binging Ozark now. Yeah. They just came out with episode three, uh-huh. but we just started with episode one. No, which you uh, had, season three. I'm sorry. Yeah. Season three. Which you I, had, I watched season one and two. I tried to start watching season three and realized I don't know what's going on. I need to go back. And you didn't watch it with me. Yes. And I had been giving you a little bit of a hard time. Like, man, I want to watch it. But now you're on season three. Always. I'm not going to get in on season three. So you are going back with me and watching season one. So we just started that and we've watched like four episodes in a row. My biggest question. Here's what I'm thinking about every time. So we are on episode. We are on season one. We just watched episode five. Episode five. I don't know how there is an episode number. I mean, I don't know how there is a season three. Oh, yeah. Because dude should be dead by now. Mm -hmm. He's got like four mass murderers after him. Yeah. And he's supposed to die in every episode. Uh Uh-huh. And how is there a season three? I don't get it. I don't know how he's not dead. It gets good. But totally inappropriate show. Totally inappropriate. I'm in. I I mean... (laughs) Oh, so we can be inappropriate with Ozark, but we can't laugh at the coronavirus. (laughs) Episode number one, I'm like, after it, I'm like, okay, I don't know if if I'm going to fall in love with it, but I'm intrigued. By episode number three, I'm like, I want more. Yeah. But I just don't understand how there's even a season three. I don't understand how Justin Bateman is in season three. It's Jason Bateman. I don't understand. (laughs) His wife is is Justine. I mean, his sister is Justine. Okay, Hollywood Johnny. His name is Jason Bateman, not Justin Bateman. Oh, my God. He has a sister named Justine, though. How about that? She was on. Family Ties. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, I just don't understand how there's even a season three. And then. Just wait. Hold on. And then you've been binging ER. Yeah, we took it back to the old school. (laughs) And and so I've been enjoying that. If I'm awake while you're watching it. You know, I didn't watch it the first time around. And it really holds up. It was a good show. I like it. It was a good show. Yeah. So, we have a lot of time on our hands to watch TV. More than usual. Oh my gosh, yes. But it feels like we do the same thing. We eat dinner. We play Uno. We yell at the kids. The boys are now um, separated for the night because they acted a fool during either dinner or Uno. And then we sit down to watch a show and then we just get up and go to bed. It's like same old, same old, but it could be worse. Three weeks of not setting an alarm. That's nice. I guess. You don't like it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but it's okay. We're healthy. Yep. We're healthy. Okay. Amy G, what's the next segment? Well, isn't that special? So here's something that I'll share that um, because of our situation. So I work, I technically work from home. I don't mm-hmm. have an office, but I can't work from home because of Mabry. Mm-hmm. And so I do have an office. It's in, it's a half a mile from our house. It's in one of the co-working spaces, like a WeWork type of place, but it's not WeWork, where you pay a monthly fee. And I basically sit in a big open coffee shop with other people that are called co-workers. Mm-hmm. And you have free coffee and you just, you know, you have open access to this place. But then there's also suites in there that you can rent out as private offices. Well, the whole place is on shutdown with the exception of people who have a membership. So I have a key fob that gets me in. And it's a it's a strange thing because I now see everybody working from home mm-hmm. and I'm not working from home. Right. I'm actually working at this co-working space. And so I still go in there and I used to only be in there maybe two days a week for three hour, three hour, you know, segments because I'm always on the road or always out in meetings. Well, now I'm not on the road at all. I'm not in meetings at all. And so I'm in this place all day. Mm-hmm. And this big old co-working space and it's me and one other guy. There's normally 20 people sitting still and And having meetings with other people and having meetings and another 20 people mingling around and there's a cafe and there's a ton of activity. And now it's just me and the other guy. The other guy's an author. Hmm. And so he's in there writing and I was talking, I was visiting with him saying, okay, you've got kids at home. That's why you're here, right? Yes. I have kids at home. That's why I'm here. My what what's crazy to me is I can't believe that this place isn't thriving and uh-huh. getting new members of all these people because it's you could fit a ton of people in there and still keep your six foot distance. Right. But instead, it's completely empty. 
And it, it goes a little, you know, I'm talking about it in this segment of isn't this special because we're in a unique scenario where I would love to be able to work from home. It mm -hmm. makes things easier when I can actually work from home. The minute I pull out my laptop, Maybree's going to end it. She yeah. does. She's not going to have that. She does not like for us to be productive. She does not like us to work. And if I take a phone call, the minute I get on the phone and go in a room and close a door, she's just going to sit there and bang or maybe even start crying. Mm -hmm. So it's just not feasible. And I know that there's other families out there that are in the same case. And hopefully you're having escape somewhere to get. But it's just been very interesting to have this huge place and in dead quiet. And the, the other guy who's an author... He's like, man, I'm going to, it's not going to be cool when all these people come back. <laughs> He's getting his best writing done because it's so quiet. I wonder if he has a special needs child. He didn't say anything about it. He just, I've seen, and I actually, I've seen his boys come up because like his wife and boys will come up and bring him oh, lunch or something. Gotcha. So nothing tells me that he has a kid with special needs. Gotcha. He just tells me that his two kids would never let him work at home. So funny. So my topic for this is very, very much on the same line as this in that we have been trying to get projects done around the house while we happen to be home and not having, you're not traveling. I'm not going to blue sky every day, you know, things like that. It's the time we could actually get stuff done. Yes. Here's the thing. It is always, always, always going to take us three times as long to do something as compared to a typical family. Absolutely. Because like right now, we're working on two different projects. I had to redo Mabry's room because it flooded a little bit. And so I've ripped up the carpet, sealed the concrete, painted the concrete, painted the walls. Now I'm trying to put baseboards in, all this kind of stuff. And it's taken me forever. Mm -hmm. And um, you are working on the back deck. And, yep. and it's just we have to tag team. We have to take time. Um, and be like, hey, I'll give you two hours to work. I'll take Mabry in the car for two hours. You get two hours of work in and that kind of thing. But when you're working on a project, you get momentum and you yeah. want to keep working. But we don't get that luxury in the fact that we just have to shut it down when Mabry's done. That's the biggest problem. It, like the outdoor project, for me, it's probably the biggest project that I've ever tackled. Yeah. And I get, you know, I'm two hours in. And I'm getting momentum and man, I could go and if I can get two more hours, I'm good. But I know that our arrangement for that mm -hmm. day, I've only got two and a half hours. Right. So now I'm two, two hours in. Now I'm starting to think of, okay, I need to start cleaning up so I don't yeah. leave this place a mess. Well, and this is what's going to be the kicker is that you're getting a dumpster delivered, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have a week right, to fill it up. So yeah. it's like we don't have the luxury of just being able to take our time. So Mabes is going to have to suck it up. Well, what I did to fix that is the pile of junk, I threw it in the neighbor's yard. Perfect. And the Perfect. dumpster is going where we share a fence. And <laughs> so the strategy is I'm not going to be able to do all the, you know, putting it all in the dumpster. But because I threw it in his yard, he's going to want to throw it in the dumpster. Yeah, Ryan, get ready. <laughs> get ready. So I have Please a, tell I, the people that you did not throw <laughs> stuff in the neighbor's yard. I have a plan for that. Uh -huh. But... But we set good expectations because we know, like this outdoor project for me, really, if it was somebody who, one, knew what the heck they were doing, which is <laughs> not me, and, and really could just use their free time, evenings and weekends for that, it's a, it's a month-long project. Right. We gave ourselves like nine weeks. We said, I think it was nine or ten weeks. We want to be, we want it complete by this date, which was about nine well, or ten weeks out. And when you say we... I actually want it done last week, right. <laughs> but right. it's just not what we, but the do. expectation is that I think we can have it done by this date. Yeah. And that's based on what we know we can two hours do. at a time. And we're pretty good about, Hey, I'm going to tackle this myself to try to do it on a good budget, mm -hmm. but we're pretty quick to pull the trigger and say, you know what? We're not going to hit that deadline. It's not worth the misery with Mabry. No. Pay somebody. Yeah. Have it done. You know, and, and Mabry makes it, we'll spend more money because of the Mabry factor. It's true. It's true. But it's the life we're living. That's it. That is it. That's it. So Amy G, what you digging this week? Okay. So you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. What happened? What <laughs> What happened? You really act shocked. Well, you talked about Ozark. Mm -hmm. What I was going to say I was digging is we're also kind of binge watching Longmire. That's a good one. It is good. And here's the thing. I feel a little better about watching Longmire while the boys are awake. Yeah. Because Ozark, like I have to keep my finger on the 
yeah. home screen button all the time because it. Anyway, Longmire though, I feel good about the boys walking in and out and yeah. getting something. They could up. probably watch it with us. If they they probably could. So it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only like forty five minutes. I like that. You like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always love um a good what do you call it? Crime to solve. Yep. That type of thing. So that, and then we're also watching Little Fires Everywhere. I've got mixed feelings about that. I know I'm, you do. I'm interested. You don't in the like show. the intro. I hate the intro. It's way too dramatic. It's not that important of a show to have an intro like that. Well, what I do like about it is that, um, you know, like Ozark season three, the whole season's out right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With Little Fires Everywhere, it's one show a week. You like that better? I do like that better. Like Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. You know, that one one show comes out a week. So my one of my issues about that show, I like the story. It's good writing like i like all of that i don't like any of the characters none of those people i like they're they all seem like they're kind of bad to me you don't like pearl i do like pearl yeah okay i like pearl you don't like moody mm, i don't know he's very, he wasn't even in last night's episode well that doesn't make him <laughs> insignificant <laughs> well i mean i can't watch a show for that all right but yeah i'm having trouble latching on to characters in it but i like the story i like the writing i'm in but it's you're reluctantly in. I'm reluctantly in. But it's one episode a week. You yeah. can handle it. But Longmire, we there's six seasons. It seems like we've been watching this for months. I know. And we're on season two. Really? Yeah, that's it. That's good. We there's just heard six about seasons. it. We just heard about I heard about it from a friend back in January. Like yeah. you've got to watch this. And I said, What it's about? What is it about? Uh-huh. And he said, It's like um SVU, but in the country. Yeah. So I came back and I told you. I'm like, have you heard of this? And then we started like. Because it was on A&E. Like, it was a regularly. Oh, really? It was like a weekly episode. Oh. And then it moved over to, you know, that's why it kind of shows like where a commercial should be. Oh, right, right. And it doesn't show a commercial. Yeah. So that. And then also what we've been watching is Lock Up. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> Saturday turn it on where they got a marathon going. It is life inside of a prison. And it's really interesting. Slater loves those. Slater we can't let him watch him. that. But he loves anything like Live, Live PD, anything like that. He's gonna. He's be constantly in. putting Mabry under arrest for something. <laughs> Citizen's arrest. For, what did he... Yesterday, he tried to put her under arrest for something. <laughs> Running oh from the law. I think <laughs> that's what it was. Running from the law. <laughs> but that's what we're digging. Just a couple of shows. All right, Amy, why don't you give a quick intro for Megan? You guys, you're going to love this episode with Megan. She is just joy. She exudes fun. um, And she has a sister with special needs. And so it's really cool to get this perspective, um, not only as a sibling with special needs, but someone um, whose sibling is older and thinking long term. Yeah, she's a great speaker, too. Yeah, she's really when good. I was listening to her, I'm like, man, she needs to be. I don't know what she does for work, but she well, needs to be speaking. Well, she says she's a mega influencer. <laughs> she should be. Well. It's kind of a little inside she, joke. She should be. But it's really good. So you guys stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Megan. But before we get to our conversation with Megan, we've got a shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Here's a question. What do you do with all those photos that are stored on your phone? I have years worth of them. But we all have our favorites, don't we? Like from Christmas or from birthdays, something like that. For those favorite photos, you've got to check out Canvas People. Canvas people print your favorite photos on canvas for really unique, beautiful prints. They are great for decor. The prints are like pieces of art. With canvas people, you get your favorite memories printed to cherish and beautiful prints that look great on any wall. I know you're going to love canvas people, and I have a special code that you can use to get an 11 by 14 canvas people print free. I said free. This is a value of $76.99. All you do is pay the shipping and handling. Get your own 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free. Just visit canvaspeople.com, upload your photo, and enter this special code. Totally worth it. What a great idea this would be for Mother's Day. John, are you listening? Go visit canvaspeople.com today. Welcome to the Totally Worth It podcast. Today, we have my friend... Not John's friend, my friend. She she told me we could be friends. Like four <laughs> years ago when we met, she Sweet. said, I think we're going to be friends. Okay. Well, John and I always have this conversation about who's 
friend it was first. She was definitely your friend first. Thank you. Okay. For sure. My friend, Megan McKeeman. She came all the way up here to Prosper, Texas from Austin. Yeah. Thanks for coming. I'm so excited. You're our first. No, I guess Joey was long distance. Sorry. I was going to say you were our first long Dang distance it. guest. Shoot. You're number two. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, we are excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited too. I'm excited for y'all. Yeah, thanks. So um, we met around five years ago through our dear friend, Jamie. crazy lady, Jamie. Jamie Ivy. Just some of those friends that you just kick it off. Yeah. Hit it. Or no, hit it off, not kick hit it, it off. off. Kick it off. That was the Super Bowl. That was. Yesterday. Okay. All right. Sorry, I'm in Super Bowl mode. We just hit it off from the beginning and kind of felt a connection. Megan has um, a sister with disabilities, and so she kind of grew up with that um, yeah. perspective and can relate a lot to Mabry and our story. And so I think yes. we just kind of had a bond from the beginning. Absolutely, yeah. And Mabry even looks like my sister Amanda. Uh, yeah, like, you've said that before. Yeah, and yeah. She, like her run, the way she runs, that's how Amanda runs. We all watch the videos and we're like, that's Amanda. We always say if Mabry ever learns how to bend her knees when she runs, like, we're screwed. You're done for it, yeah. Because yeah, we're not going to be able to catch her. And she's still a gold medal Special Olympic winner. Yes. Even with her straight legs. Yeah. Amanda <laughs> ran in the Special Olympics, too. She loved it. She was I, so bold. That yeah, was dangerous. This does make me laugh, though, that, you know, we teach these, these kiddos that have autism that are known as being runners, we're just teaching them how to run faster. Yeah. Perfect. Good like, plan. Let me give you better form yeah. and get farther. So you can get further away from your parents <laughs> and hopefully dodge that car. Yeah, that's you right. Know? Yeah. Let's teach them how to run faster. That's a great plan. Great idea. <laughs> totally kidding. I absolutely adore Special Olympics. Maybury adores just a little, little joke. Yeah. A little bocce ball <laughs> may be better for yeah. Oh, wait. Let's learn how to throw things harder. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not a good thing. Not a good And heavier things like bowling. Perfect. You know. Perfect. Yeah. It's shoes here. That's how we practice. She throws her shoes at us. She does. Oh, and yeah. at her brothers. Amanda used to throw in the middle of worship service at church. Uh-huh. One time she hit the worship leader straight in the head. <laughs> and he just kept singing and smiling at her. And, yeah. You know. What you do. Yep. Yeah. It's what you do. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and your family dynamics and yeah. how Amanda plays a part in that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the youngest of three girls, born and raised in Austin, Texas. And Amanda is three years older than me and Ashley is five years older than me. So there's three girls and Amanda's the middle child. Um, and so me and my older sister, we both have very different perspectives on life with Amanda because mm. Ashley knew life before Amanda somewhat, you know, she was two or three and I didn't, you know, Amanda was all I knew and life with Amanda was all I knew as well. Yeah. So our family's in Austin. Parents are still together, which is great and amazing <laughs> because we know the divorce rate with yeah having a child with disabilities. Um, and Amanda lived at home up until about three years ago. And she's now 37, so she stuck with us for a long time at home, and we yeah. loved it. Um, and my parents did not want her to move out until we could find, they could find a house that was up to their standards. Yeah. You know, they didn't want her quality of life to go down. They wanted it to stay the same or go up. Right. And so they really took their time finding the right group to manage the home and the location of the home as well. But growing up with Amanda was really an interesting an interesting life for sure. Lots of funny stories, lots of crazy things, but yeah. yeah. Can you tell us about her diagnosis and yes. challenges and what she does well, what she has trouble doing? Can you give yeah. us a picture? Yeah, so that? Amanda is a person with autism. She is nonverbal. She is profoundly deaf. Um, she can't hear. She's also partially blind. She has a degenerative eye um, disease. And have those things been the same since she was little or did she get except for the blindness okay. um that came later in life okay. um and she also has a severe seizure disorder mm. so when we were little she would have major seizures end up in the hospital um grand mal seizures mm. just crazy really scary ones and she hasn't had a seizure in a very long time she kind of outgrew that is she um, is it controlled with medication or it was when she was younger mm-hmm. um she doesn't have to take any medication for it now nice yeah, very good. Yeah, but we still kind of watch out for it and 
certain things like hot tubs that'll Mm -hmm. make one come on, I guess. But actually her medication when she was little, she was on um, a certain medication and it turns out it was giving her pancreatitis. Oh, gosh. Um, but we didn't know because she couldn't tell us. Uh-huh. And poor thing. I mean, it got so bad one time. She was in so much pain. Yeah. And so we had to take her off of that one. Yeah. Uh, and then luckily, they kind of stopped. Yeah. Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you've never known life without Amanda. That's right. How does that look different for your sister? Yeah. You know, I just think... She, well, I'll have to be careful here, but um, <laughs> she kind of, I think she sees the impact of Amanda's um, disabilities more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult now, I can kind of look back and see, um, yeah, our life, this wasn't normal. Or it was our normal, but it's not normal for most people. Um, you know, most kids aren't always looking for their older sibling, making sure they're okay, or they're not into something, or... You know, they're still where they were when you saw them about five minutes ago. They're not running to the park down the street or something, right. you know. Um, and so with Ashley, I think she just might feel the effects of mm-hmm. life being different, you know. And she knew my parents, sorry, my parents prior to Amanda as well. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I think there was a lot of grief in those three years before I was born mm-hmm. um, that she probably saw that I didn't know about, you know, or yeah. wasn't a part of. I always feel, because our boys are younger, mm-hmm. so I always wonder when they get older and realize their childhood was different. Yeah. Because right now, they don't know any different. Right, yeah. This is what they, now they go to friends' houses and see that things are a little different there. Sure. But I always wonder if they're going to think, gosh, I was really cheated, you know? Yeah, I don't feel cheated at all. Right. Um, I definitely see how... Having Amanda has shaped me for good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be that person. I'm a type two Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of wonder, like, that's the helper, you know, someone mm-hmm. who is a caregiver, doesn't say no a lot. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, was that shaped because of growing up with Amanda? You know, would I be a little different not having her, you know? But I wouldn't change anything, right. you know? Yeah, I always just think, though, if, if they figure out, hmm. Yeah, I did, we didn't go on a lot of family vacations or, hmm, yeah, we didn't really go bowling as a family or we didn't yeah. go out to eat. And uh-huh. huh, maybe that's why only one parent was at my games, you that's know, right. that I think type the, of thing. Yeah, the biggest thing I remember is just like, it usually was only one parent at mm-hmm. an event, you know, and a lot of times it was my dad mm-hmm. because my mom took was the main caregiver for Amanda. Amanda responded better to my mom. Um, all of that. And so a lot of times it would just be one parent at something. And I know they also felt the effects of that. You know, they both wanted to be there. They wanted to be doing stuff. But Mm -hmm. Do you remember looking back on things like that? Do you remember having any resentment? There were only a couple of times where I, and I still think back on it like, man, I really wish that could have been different. I had a friend pass away in high school and my parents couldn't come to Mm. the funeral with me. Mm-hmm. And that's not their fault. It's just how life was. But I still think like, man, that sucks. All my mm-hmm. friends' parents were there with them. Right. And mine weren't, you know. And I know they hate that they couldn't be there either. But that was just life. My dad was traveling. He worked. He traveled a lot. Um, and my mom was taking care of Amanda full time. So. So you mentioned earlier that Amanda's now in a, is it a group home setting? It's a group home setting. Okay. Yeah. So how many places has she lived outside of your home? Just two. Just two. Just two. Because I know the first one wasn't a good experience. Yeah, it started out real well, so when Amanda went through puberty, mm-hmm. it was tough. I mean, Girl, and I'm sure you know. We got you. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, all those hormones and emotions and her not being able to communicate effectively was really frustrating for her. And it got to a point where my parents really weren't sure if she could stay in the home any longer. And so we tried one place in Liberty Hill, Texas, um, and it was a nightmare. Oh, so my gosh. So is she like 15, 16, 17, 18 at this time? I think she was 13. Oh, 13. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was 13. But we would, just for two weekends, I think, um, we would take her out there and try it and see mm-hmm. how she liked it. And we just were not impressed with the care or anything. They are putting the kids to bed at 5 p.m., you know, turning all the lights off and all that. 
this wasn't going well. So nixed that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then probably three years ago, three or four years ago, we moved her into a new home and it started out really great, really great. And then the company that was managing it just, it went downhill. You walk in the house, it smells, uh-huh. you know, they're not giving Amanda choices. They're just dictating everything. And we believe that Amanda needs choices and we need to honor her choices because she has so few in life. You How know? does she communicate her choices? To yeah, y'all? so this is really cool. So Amanda, because of her autism, she kind of, she doesn't really care about sign language. If she does, she makes up her own signs. That's, you know? her, that's maybe. Yeah, she's yeah. not going, she's like, I don't care what y'all do, I do me. So uh-huh. <laughs> she can't talk, she can't hear, and she didn't really like sign language. So my mom got together with someone from CARD, mm-hmm. and they created a communication system, and it involves objects. And that's also important because of Amanda's um, blindness, you know, so she can feel them. She can, they have different textures. Um, and so we have these communication boards around the house um, and at her house, where she lives now, that have all these objects that um, symbolize what she wants to do. So there's one that is a symbol for the bathroom. She needs to go to the bathroom. For McDonald's, you know, for all of her favorite places around town, mm-hmm. um, there's like a mixing spoon. And if she wants to cook, you know, she wants to make something. So she goes to those, and that was a game changer for her. So these are tangible items. Tangible like an items. actual mixing spoon. Yeah. yeah. And an actual, so what is it for McDonald's? For It's just like a, a McDonald's. Toy uh, or something? It's a package. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so is Card, is that a company that does this? That's a nonprofit that, yeah, they do like ABA stuff. Wow. And, okay. Yeah. We need to hook them yeah, into really the show do. notes. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, they're so awesome. we'll find the information for Card and link it. Yeah. So this group home, the card system, was that before she went to this yes. group home? Yes. Okay. And so then did they adopt this method? They did. That oh, is written into her plan. Awesome. Um, my mom is like, she is a mom bulldog. Bear. Oh, yeah. Yes. She, she will not. That communication system was such a game changer for Amanda. You could just see how much happier she was, how much more relaxed. She was, because she's finally getting to, can you imagine not being able to communicate effectively for over 30 years? Yeah. And just, here's the part that we have a problem with, and I wonder how you guys handled this, is that Mabry can tell us what she wants, but what if it can't happen right then? Yes. So that's like our biggest, okay, so you want a rhino. Okay, well, mm. Yeah. I don't have one right now. We're in Prosper, Texas. And we can't go to the zoo and see one. Right. So that's like where Mabry's frustration is of like, which is basically any 17-year-old girl that's not getting what she wants. Right. You know? So how did, did you see a lot of that? Yeah. I mean, Amanda used to love to swim. Uh Uh-huh. And we would not let, we'd have to hide her bathing suit so she wouldn't see it or couldn't find it. Because uh, she would not let it go. Uh-huh. You know, as you know, yeah. it just continues. And if you can't go to a pool yeah. or you don't know where one is or whatever. Yeah. So would you take things off of the communication board? You know, no, my mom has never taken anything off the communication wondering. board, but she only has things on there that she can do <laughs> right then. Yeah. So, um, and would... also the thing, when we started that communication board, um, the rule was in the house, if she picked something off of it, you did it right then. So, cause that's how you taught her that it worked, Absolutely. you know, and then, yep. and that we listened to her. So if I was watching Amanda, cause I did, I watched her a lot. It was like, no, she gets something off there. You put her in the car, you take her wherever she wants to go. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, here we go. Yeah. And so that in that learning process, yeah, you can absolutely see that if you use this, you do get it. Yep. And I just, my whole concern is, okay, what happens when, like in our house, what if I'm, you know, doing homework with Jack or, you know, cooking dinner and... Or we, we've right. already been to McDonald's three times that day. And then <laughs> she grabs it again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that yes. is absolutely true. So I could see that learning. She part. loves Krispy Kreme donut. My mom says she gets the weirdest looks from the Krispy Kreme donut lady because they go through so many times. Girl. You don't <laughs> and my mom's like, they're not for me. Uh-huh. It, I'm just saying, our Whataburger and Chick-fil-A people might <laughs> know my voice. They might I'm sure. know we're pulling around the corner. Did you and Amanda go to high school together? We did not. Um, I didn't go to school with any of my we didn't none of us went to the same schools. Actually in middle school we went to school together for one year. Not even a full year, for like half a year, because then I moved to private school. 
But she was at Murkison Middle School in the special ed classroom, and I was there. And so, um, no, we never went to school together, really. Did so, she go to high school till she was 21? She did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you went to a different school. You were at a private school. I was. That's why y'all didn't know That's that. right. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of, that might have been like your little escape. Absolutely. You weren't Amanda's sister. That's right. When you were at school. For sure. Yeah, because right now we have a situation where Jack is... They're in high school. Maybe and Jack are in high school together. Yeah. Um, and they've been in middle school together, I think. Mm-hmm. So everybody, yes, he's Jack, but he's also Mabry's sister. Yeah. You know. No, I definitely had that escape. Mm-hmm. Um, but she went to a special school in Austin called Rosedale, which was amazing. And it's just for special needs students. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um and it's a phenomenal school. Every classroom's got swings in it and all that equipment stuff and they do so much with them. They got jobs. So she would go to the state offices and deliver mail. Yes. She hated that job. <laughs> they took a video of it one time and sent it home with her on a VHS. That's how long ago it was. But we we're all like, oh, great. Let's see Amanda at her job. We start watching it. We we're mortified. She's taking her little mail cart and ramming it into people's <laughs> desks. And like, she'll show them. Yeah, she was not happy. Make me work. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't we all, we all do that a little bit. Totally. So funny. So Rosedale, is it a private? No. Oh. It's an AISD, Austin ISD. It is a phenomenal school. Wow. Really awesome. cool. So Megan, you mentioned earlier about, you made reference to ways that growing up with Amanda has shaped you as an adult. Yeah. You talked about the Enneagram. Yeah. Can you point to some tangible things in yourself and your interests and what you like, what you don't like? how you respond, how has that, some tangible ways in which growing up with Amanda has affected, has shaped you as an adult? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a teacher for nine years in elementary school, and I did a lot with special needs kids um, in as a teacher. And I remember the school kind of got, my first school that I taught at got kind of mad at me because I knew all this stuff about services mm. and what these parents could be getting. And all this stuff. And I would look at their plans and I'd be like, oh, heck no. No, 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 no. You need to ask for this in the ARD meeting and this and this and this. And they were kind of like, what are you doing? Uh They didn't think of that. And I'm like, yeah, well, they need it. They need to know about it. But as an adult, I think being a teacher for nine years and all of that, I don't think, I'm not sure I would have gone to that career and been so passionate about my students with special needs and their families um, without having Amanda, um, as a sister. So yeah. that, and then I just am naturally kind of a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think I learned that from the time I was very little with Amanda. My mom says, you know, I'd be nine months old and she'd give me a bottle and I'd say, nanny too, uh-huh. you know, like gotta get her one, <laughs> everything Amanda needed it too. Mm-hmm. And so I was always watching out for her, always taking her things, giving her some of mine, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So she definitely shaped me in that. I way. always say that siblings of special needs, adults or children or anything like that, are going to be the most amazing adults. Well, thank and you. And you, uh, <laughs> you fit the mold. Yeah, I love that. We have watching how Mabry impacts our family and not just those in the house, but everyone around. We have a nephew that is a big college football player. I mean, barely fits through that door right there. He's humongous. And his his degree, he's going to be a SPED teacher. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, and he's one of Mabry's people, and he's one that we leave her with, and he loves it. Yeah. And That's so great. getting and to see that. And you know what's that, great is because he doesn't take her mess. That's exactly what she needs to. She, he's a big old teddy bear, uh-huh. but he doesn't put up with it. Put some boundaries up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll be like, no, we can't go to McDonald's. We just went to McDonald's, you know. <laughs> and, now, and she listens to him. That's great. Well, that's what they need sometimes. They need they, they get warm fuzzies a lot of places. And we see that, too, out in public and stuff like that. Um, but they need the firm boundaries. Sure. Just as much as any yeah. 17-year-old girl needs boundaries. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So Amanda is in this amazing group home now. Yeah, that we you love, love it. Yeah. That you love. And what's funny is it's a Kenmar home. It is a Kenmar home. And we, I work with Kenmar group homes in Denton. They oh, really? come out to Blue Sky. And so we love that family. Yeah. Um, 
they they do it right. They do. And they really allow my mom um, to partner with them and to give lots of input. I think the biggest struggle in that, we call it industry Mm -hmm. um, of group homes or whatever, is just the turnover in staff, you know? And so that is probably my mom's most frustrating thing is just the staff. And Amanda is a level need nine, according to the state of Texas, which means, means, you know, someone has to be within arm's reach of her at all times Mm -hmm. and getting the staff to understand that and understand Amanda and what we have learned about her over the past 37 years to one person that's now with her full time is hard, you know? Well, and until we start paying the staff what they, that is right, what they deserve, it's a, this is a hard job. It is. It is extremely hard. And if you want them to be compassionate, you want them to care, you want them to be invested in what they're doing, they need to be compensated. Absolutely. And we have one lady, her name's Carrie, and she is just, I love her so much. I really think she sees Amanda as like her sister. Mm. She's been with Amanda since she was 13. She worked at Rosedale with her, Amanda's wow. school. And now she solely works for my family um, in Amanda's group home. And she is in that group home, one of Amanda's biggest advocates. She watches out for Amanda. She watches the other workers. Um, One time Amanda got in a huge accident and fell down the deck stairs at our house during a rainstorm. Busted her head open. My dad was in North Carolina, of course. Anytime something big happens, Uh, he's out of town. That is always (laughs) the case here, too. It's so funny. Yeah, and so... And taking Amanda to the hospital is no small feat. I mean, she's freaked out, as she should be. I mean, I don't blame her. Um, But I remember I called Carrie to help us because it was just me and my mom. And she was there in a heartbeat, you know. Mm -hmm. And she was upset and she stayed all night and, you know. That's the village that everybody needs. I think that's what we preach. And so it's so important to have those people. And we have those people that we can call in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, if things go, if things get real, <laughs> go down. <laughs> and the turnover is such a big mm. part and a big issue and a big concern in those homes. I have an aunt who's now 72, 73, 74, something like that. She's now in a retirement home, but she has special needs. And her whole life, she, since she was probably five to eight years old, she's been at the state school or at a group home. And my whole childhood all the way up until now, with and now Amy has seen it too, we've gone to the home to pick her up or whatever. And you can be there for five minutes mm-hmm. and you're going to know whether the staff is a good oh, staff yeah, or not. Absolutely. And, it, and it's, you, we, we probably only go once a year. So it's not like we see we're, we're there regular enough, but every year you might have a different staff. Yep. And you're going to know if you've got a good feeling about it very, very quick. Well, and like you said, the home's, some of them are dark and gloomy yes. and to find a group home that will take the clients out in the community and be part of community and find purposeful um, activities for them to be involved in yeah. is so hard so to hard. find because, you know, Aunt Nancy worked at the workshop mm-hmm. for how many years, 30 years, and it was sweeping a floor. Yeah. You know, where is her home in proximity to you and your sister and your parents? Yeah. So me and my sister actually live together right now. and We live in very far South Austin. Um, my parents live in central Austin and Amanda lives in Pflugerville, which is takes them about 20 minutes to get to her very close. So she comes home on holidays. She'll spend the day with us. Nice. Um, some weekends, my mm-hmm. parents will go grab her, you know. Nice. Yeah. So a tough question. Yeah. What are your hopes and your plans and your dream and your vision for Amanda's adulthood when she's 45 and 55 and 65 and 75? What do you think that's going to look like? I know that's kind of scary to think about, honestly, like what does happen when my parents are gone, you know? Yeah. It's a very real question. It's a very real question. I was just talking to a friend last week and she said, I can't die. I just can't die. Like, I don't have that option. (laughs) And my mom always says, and she won't care if I say this, she always says, she knows it sounds horrible, but she hopes Amanda goes before her. We all all think that. Because then she knows what her care was like her whole life. Mm 
Um, we were having this exact same conversation. We, you always say you, you know, you hope your kids outlive you and go to. We just need to outlive Mabry by one day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because there's no one. Now, we have boys who will make sure that she's properly taken care of, but for so many special needs families, that's not an option. No, it's not because. It costs a lot of money. It costs a so lot much of money. money. And, yeah. when, and if you don't have the finances to financially plan and take those measures to plan for when you're gone. Yep. What do you do? Yep. You yeah. I, my family, we always talk about, like, we're very lucky. You know, my, mm-hmm. my parents are able to provide a lot for Amanda. Um, they've got a trust set up for her that, you know, is just for Amanda. And there's all these, mm-hmm. you know... Um, what do you Rules. call it? Rules and yeah. stuff. So no one can get to that money. Not even me, really. You know, sure. it has to all go through. It's through. probably set up so you can't get to it, Megan. Probably. Yeah. You know what I do with it. Tahiti, no. But, um. Yeah, you you, you and Amanda will be living in Tahiti. <laughs> and Carrie. Don't forget Carrie. Yeah, and Carrie has She's to She's got to come. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, all these families, they don't have the resources. And the state doesn't do all that great of a job for them either. No. And it's really sad. Well, so they don't have any other options. And when when the state and the federal government finally realize that this epidemic is upon us. Yeah. Because it is. You see this rise in autism. Guess what? They're Get Slater to prep up. for this. And Slater should start prepping for this. <laughs> but, it, you know, guess what? It's coming. And we're short on quality places now guess what's about to happen and until we figure out that there's a great amount of um privately funded homes yeah that are beautiful and well cared for and on and on and on what is the the state schools and the places that accept medicaid should look equally as absolutely and be equally as staffed and those staff workers should be equally as paid as those private donations yeah it should look the same yeah but talking about amanda's future about four years ago i had some serious panic attacks about it because it all hit me like just out of the blue kind of like crap Uh uh-huh it's gonna be me and my sister you know, figuring this out, uh-huh. me and Ashley. And what do I do? You know, I called my mom. I was like, can you sit down and go over with me? Like all the different things that you have in place, mm-hmm. legally, financially, everything so that I know. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, I, I try not to let myself dwell on it too much because sure. I will freak myself out. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was little, I used to tell my parents, I'm not going to marry anybody unless they let Amanda live with us. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, well, good luck. Okay. <laughs> you know, but you know, still kind of true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and just the fact that those questions went through your head even four or five years ago, I mean, you're going to be so well prepared for Hopefully. that. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't ever really be <laughs> No, you can't. No. Yeah, but. But you've, you and your sister sounds like y'all are good teammates. Yes. And it's not one of you. One oh, of you is no. not going to take the entire burden. No, 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 no. Yeah, when it comes to Amanda, it's kind of like. All disagreements, all anything, uh, or go yeah. out the window. Yeah. You know, if we're at the house, like on Thanksgiving, my mom got sick the night before Thanksgiving. And so, and Amanda was coming the next day. So we're like, okay, we got to get the meals ready. We got to do everything. Um, and it's just kind of everyone jumps in. You put everything else aside and you just go for it. That's mm-hmm. right. So let's back up a little bit. So as a um, child and as a teenager, you know, you lived through having special needs sibling. What were some of the best ways that you saw people serve your family? How did you see people jump in or did you see a lot of friends dwindle away or? Yeah, I didn't see friends dwindle away, but I do know my parents did. It was, you know, back then they didn't have social media. They didn't have ways to help other people understand, Mm -hmm. um, people that had with disabilities. Um, and so, you know, I had some of my best friends and the people I felt the most comfortable with asked about Amanda, you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't act, they weren't, didn't tiptoe around when they came over, they greeted Amanda, Mm -hmm. you know, that always went so far for us. It was like, wow, 
they came in the house, they treated her like a person. Yeah. Because she is a person. But, you know, some people felt very uncomfortable. Her behavior was unpredictable, <laughs> to say the good, least. That's a great word for it. <laughs> I like that. Sometimes you have outbursts, tantrums, you know. Um, you couldn't go in certain rooms sometimes, you know. Yep. Amanda's in there having a meltdown or whatever it was. But um, I think I loved when people could come into the house. They would sit right by Amanda because they weren't uncomfortable or freaked out or anything. And they talked to her like a person, even though they knew they, she couldn't hear them. Um, it always just went, it was so great, you know. Mm-hmm. My mom has a friend named Jan. We love Jan because Jan loves Amanda so mm-hmm. much. She asks about Amanda. She comes over to say hi to Amanda, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't have a ton of people that just would come yeah. over and sit. Yeah. Be in the mess. I say it I say that all the time. Just come sit in the messy with us for yeah. just a minute. Yeah. You know. Not because we want you to feel sorry for us. No. And not because it helps you feel more normal. <laughs> well, it helps you feel not alone. Yep. For one thing. And you do want others to see them as a human being and not as a charity case. Right. Yes. That's all we want is for her to be treated the same way any other human being is treated. Right. Except you've got a little more rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's rules. And, you know, some people might think by us sharing our story so often and sharing even the ugly parts of it, mm-hmm. that it's kind of self-promotion or, you know, sympathy case. No. No. Like, not at all. If we just showed the cute pictures of Mabry and the funny laughs. Yeah. What would be the need for funding of group homes? Exactly. And what would, why would we need to fund places like Blue Sky who gives opportunities? And why do we need to support hugs? And, you know, why would we need those things if everything's perfect? Right. You know? Exactly. There would be no need for it. Yeah. So you said. And it wouldn't be hard to have a child with disabilities. No, it would be easy and it'd be cute. And people would, you know, do anything for you and you may get um, a make-a-wish trip out of it. Right. You know? Hey, everything's great. So you said that Amanda has had some meltdowns and tantrums. Oh my gosh. What's your, what's a funny. Where to begin? (laughs) Just throw out a funny Amanda story. Well, so for a little bit, Amanda really didn't like wearing clothes. (laughs) Who and if knows? she did, Slater. it had to be, you know, a certain type of clothing uh-huh. and that might be dirty. Uh-huh. And so one day my sister, Ashley was probably 17. She was driving and I was, I guess, 12. And my mom said, take, put Amanda in the car, take her for a drive and take her to Wendy's and get food. And we're like, do we have to take her mom? Come on. You know, like we just want to go get food and not take her. Well, and my mom's like, no, you're going to take your sister. It'll be fine. So we go through Wendy's drive-through, and we pull up to the window. And we're getting very weird looks because mm-hmm. well, Amanda has taken off her top in the back <laughs> and is naked from the top up. Mind you, she is fifteen at this uh-huh. point. So you yeah, know. Um, and I'm and so I reach around and I'm like trying to wrestle this shirt back on her, you know. And we get home. We're like, Mom, see, we should have taken her. Look, she got naked in the car. We had to walk her in the house naked. Everyone's looking. <laughs> I mean, she used to climb trees in the backyard, um, get so high, we'd have to call the fire department to get her oh out God. of the we, tree. Thank goodness we don't have tall trees around here, because once Mabry figured out the fire truck's going to come get you to oh, get yeah. you down, oh, yeah, she she'd live up in that tree. And does Mabry carry things around with her? Um, No, but I have a lot of people that I work with that yeah. do. Yeah, so Amanda does. She carries objects with her. Mm-hmm. and oh gosh at one point she probably had seven things and so and she don't had, move one of them no i mean they think it's like they're you know i read an article one time that um people who have autism those are really like a part of them mm-hmm. and if you take it away it's like you cut their arm off yeah um she amanda gets so distraught if she loses one mm-hmm. um but for a while her object was a car mat that she decided she left. And she rolled it up and she carried it under her arm everywhere she went. Well, so she used to climb the trees and get real high. And the fire department would come. My mom would tell them, please don't put the sirens on. We don't need sirens. Every time sirens, all the neighbors come out. We got enough attention already. Yeah. Well, this was also during the time where Amanda didn't like to wear clothes. So she got up in the tree. She took all her clothes off and threw them on the ground. She's up there butt naked. I mean. And Ashley was probably in middle school. 
And all the neighbors come out, and Ashley's just like, are you kidding me? My sister's naked in the tree. I think it's hilarious. Well, the fire, but she does have her car mat. Well, well, she got yeah. up there with it. Yeah. And the, the fire department was like, oh, did you throw her that car mat so she could cover herself? My mom's like, no. Yeah, Frank, hurry, go to the car, get all the car mats, and toss them up to her. Like, what? But yeah, that was our life, you know? And it's the life of so many, and I love that we can sit here and laugh about yes. it because, you know, you have to laugh to keep from crying a lot of the time. Totally. And, That's what my mom and of, says. And of course, it's funnier after the fact. Totally. Yeah. So yes. we can look back and laugh. On. But the thing is, so this is the lesson that I want to come from this. If you see someone having that meltdown, just go on with your life. Yes. Like just... Don't cause a lot of attention. Right. Just like let it happen. Yeah. Let it happen. It's okay to try to lend support. Don't try to solve the problem. Right. Because the person who's dealing with it is the person who is best equipped to deal with it, which is the parent. Yeah. So the parent knows what that person needs. You know, your mom knew not yep. to climb up the tree right. after <laughs> her, you know. Yeah. Um, and that things, that doesn't make that parent a bad person. Right. No. And that's one thing I wish people could just have a little more understanding for families with um, people with disabilities is that it's going to look a lot different. Mm -hmm. And no, my parents are not bad parents because she keeps getting up in the tree. My mom always says, you can take her for a night and see how it goes. Absolutely. And so just a little more understanding and grace and, you know, not thinking like, well, they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, it's... um it takes me back to when we had the cops called on us on vacation one summer. Oh my gosh. And Mabry's throwing a fit down on the floor and John's trying to, you know, solve the situation. And people are coming up to Mabry's, oh honey, you want some lemonade? Well, no, we're not going to reward this behavior. Right. You know, like <laughs> it was just, she was being kind. Yeah. We get it. Like we get it. And so I always say I'm going to, is to make business cards. And just be able to hand to them and say, this is my daughter. She has autism. Thank you for caring. We got it. We got it. Yeah. You know, so that may be a tip for you some pull it out parents out there. And be like, make, you <laughs> you know, make it rain. Make it rain. Make the business cards <laughs> rain. And those, those scenes in public, we've experienced them both ways where it's me by myself or you by yourself. Oh, yeah. And then versus having each other. Because people are nice and they want to help but a lot of times what they're doing is actually hurting the situation so when we have a teammate if i'm dealing with mabry if i've got amy to be a teammate to go fend them off yeah that is a world of difference but there's a lot of times it's just me and they're coming up to me and and you almost have to be rude a little bit because you're in the heat of the moment trying to take care of mabry but it's it really is a big difference when it's the two of us or even when, once Jack gets a little bit older, he he doesn't. He's still a little bit too young to go talk to adults and tell them to get away. Yeah. But having people around that can be an advocate for you. And I've even seen it to where I'm by myself, but there's somebody in the crowd who understands what's going on. I don't know who this person is, but I can hear them playing defense for mm-hmm. me a little bit too. Yeah. And those things just allow it to de-escalate so much easier than. I'm sure it makes you not feel so alone in the situation. You know. All right. So. Is this where I get to give you my Fit Fab Fun code? Oh, yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Y'all, <laughs> Megan, you don't know it yet. Yeah. Watch out, guys. But she's an influencer. I'm she, a private influencer. She's a self-proclaimed <laughs> influencer. I'm the biggest uh, private account influencer. She's got private <laughs> She's got discount codes out the oh, wazoo. Man. Yeah. So I was, what is something, just a product or a food or piece of clothing or a movie or anything like that that's just been a real game changer for you lately? Well, natural deodorant. Really? Yeah. Okay. But Come I, on, it doesn't work. It does. I'm telling you. So I am obs- I've tried like five different brands and here's what's disgusting. One, you smell for a while. Two, it like, they all have like coconut oil in them and they yeah. stain your clothes. Oh. Mega Babe, that's the brand, Mega Babe. Mega Babe. John. You want me to wear Mega Babe? Sure, why No, not? but hey. They make one There's for my men. new nickname. Mega. 
<laughs> we were coming up with nicknames the other day. Mine's Snack Cakes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. You can be Mega Babe. Hey, Mega Babe might help my basketball armpit. Maybe. I have an issue. Okay, what's a basketball armpit? This is very... Dur- during Jack's basketball games, only one armpit sweats. And it's only during basketball games. Because <laughs> I get so... <laughs> I get so intense. Yeah. Because so, basketball's my sport. Like, I love football. Love, love, love. But I know basketball. And so my left armpit just goes <laughs> crazy. So maybe. Yeah. And they also give you this, like, uh, detoxifying mask to wear to do it. Excuse me? Yeah, I know. Mean? It's like this you clay mask. You mask your armpits? I mask my armpits, guys. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Mask a mask like a face mask. So when you switch, so I don't understand. yeah, it's like a face mask. You paint it on your armpit. You know when I paint the oh. charcoal mask on my face? Yes. Okay. Yeah, He's back with us, folks. He's back with us. <laughs> so you paint your armpit, and that's the deodorant? Oh, that's no, that's like a treatment you can do like once a week. Um, but it helps you like your body adjust to natural deodorant. I'm so confused. So <laughs> I you don't have, have to time. paint a mask on your armpit and then apply deodorant. Sure. Yeah. No, the mask is like Man. once a week. Yeah, it's like one. It's like as needed, you know. Hmm. A little like. Let's be clear. You time. There is going to be master pits. <laughs> zero masking of pits in this house. If you walk in one day and I'm walking around with my arms up with a masked armpits. <laughs> oh, gracious. Well. Mega we babe. will be putting Mega, Mega babe. babe in the show notes. I mean, I, get, I buy extras and I give them to people as they leave my house. So do you buy the deodorant and the mask? Is it two separate it's products? It's two separate products. Yeah. I'm buying Wait. both. No, you're not. <laughs> Today. Right when we get done with Megan, this. Megan, he's not. You can get it at Ulta. Oh. Yeah. There oh, you I'm go. not getting it at Ulta. I'm not, I'm not you love you some Ulta. <laughs> no, he is not going in Ulta. And he won't be ordering it. He's full of it. <laughs> Send me a picture when you got the mask on. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I can't wait for this now. Oh, my word. Well, Megan, it has been fun. Yes, thank and you so I much. And I love that, um, just the perspective of someone else in the village, basically. You know, on this show, we're going to have a lot of parents, and we're going to have a lot of um, educators and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but to really know the heart of a sister... Um, is special, I think. Yeah, and we've leaned on you over the years, and we yes. appreciate you because we have a huge concern, as all parents do. We have a huge concern and focus on our boys yeah. and trying to give them the most normal childhood as possible, given you know what, what we're dealing with. And so you give us a great perspective, and you're a, a sibling that we can call on, and you've always been encouraging to us and just taken oh, a heart for Mabry. She's the best. And she reminds me so much of Amanda. Sweet. Can she spend the night with me? Of course. She <laughs> loves bus rides to Austin. Oh, oh, oh this could be. Well, hey, Amanda she would have and Mabes yeah. on the bottom lane. Oh, this is the best plan yet. She's yeah, going to be so excited. Put her excited. on. I'll pick her up. You know, City Bus, that's one of her things. Like oh, really? A, like mm-hmm. a rhino. Oh, boy. Oh, I got this all figured out. I love seeing what she's wanting to see that day in, the, in y'all's car ride. Tonight, this Ferris morning. Ferris wheel. T- yeah. This morning, it was a roller coaster. Roller coaster, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Megan, thanks for coming Thank all the way you. up. We love Thank you. you. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Megan. And please come back next week and listen to our conversation with Ruth Thompson, the founder of Hugs Cafe in McKinney. And she is just a champion for adults with special needs. It's one of the coolest organizations that we've come across. We've worked with Ruth for a couple of years. She's in our community and they do such amazing work. So you're going to love hearing from Ruth. And please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast. And give us a rating, leave us a review. It helps other people find our podcast. And it may be because of you that some other family gets encouraged. We'll see you next week.